I didn't know my arms would hurt from go-karting and they still hurt two days later. Yeah, we're not 20 anymore, Ben. Everybody. Welcome back to the Whatever is True podcast. I am your host, Jake, with my lovely wife, Bethany. Hey, everybody. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about war, or better yet, how to talk to your kids about war. Because as we are recording this episode, the incident with Russia and Ukraine is going on right now. As Jake said, while we are recording this, we are just a few days out from Ukraine being invaded by Putin. And we know that there's a lot of conversation and talk about this right now. People are not seeing eye to eye on what's actually happening. There's a lot of people thinking there's so much more that we can't see. And while that's probably true, we don't know what that is. And so some people are having an issue with, do we say Putin is invading Ukraine? Is it Russia invading Ukraine? And so... The purpose of today's podcast is not to go into that. Yeah, Um, we do not know all the political stuff well enough. Like like Bethany was saying, there's people that are saying, you know, Putin's invading. Then there's people saying that Russian uh, nationals are, you know, protesting the war. And then other people are saying, well, it's because of corrupt government, yada, yada, yada. There's so much to go into we're not going to be able to cover it in our podcast. Yeah, as we were talking about what do we want to share on the podcast this week, we naturally just thought of Ukraine and Russia, and I was like, well, it would be awesome to really dig into this and see what's going on and give a explanation and the, the facts about it because there's so much misinformation happening right now. But we realize that's just something that is a little bit out of our league and um, our, our time at the moment to be able to accurately and effectively research all of that. So I would recommend, I saw that Ali B. Stuckey is going to be doing an interview or a podcast episode at least on it this week. And do you have any recommendations that you've seen? No, not right now. Um, I'm sure once I get back into the workflow and, you know, hear different things going on uh, tomorrow, Monday. I'm sure I'll hear a lot more and would have more information. And but we can share that like in the stories on Instagram just to help you guys um, and show you some reliable sources. So yes. what we do know is how to talk to your kids, or at least we're learning this as our oldest is not quite seven right now. And we have been learning very quickly over the last two years how to talk to our kids about very significant events that are affecting their lives, um, and other people's lives around the world. So we put together a list of eight bullet points on how to talk to your kids. Eight tips. Eight tips, right. And these can be used for multiple things, not just this incident that's going on now with Russia and Ukraine. It can be used for you know future things. But we have eight tips that we want to share with you guys that we have found really help. And some of them will be specific to war, but most of them are just general ideas of approaching tough topics in current events right now. All right. Tip number one, don't lie to your kids. 
You don't want to tell them that everything's fine and nothing big is going on because there is something big going on and they're going to hear about it, whether it be conversations that you're having or other adults are having or their friends or what they see while the TV's on with the news. So you want to tell your kids the truth. You want to let them know about what's going on. Obviously, you don't have to share everything, but we'll be covering that a little bit later. But when you think about it, you teach your kids not to lie, right? We teach Emmett and our kids to not lie. Right. Right. So we need to lead by example. We need to tell them the truth, and it's always better for them to hear it from you than from someone else. Obviously, it is up to you whether you handle it before they hear it from something else or if you want to tell them after when they question you. We highly recommend, though, getting out in front of it and telling them before they hear it from someone else. You want to be the trusted source in your kids' lives. So that is what we recommend. Obviously, you can do what's best for your family. Point number two is to be ready for questions and to listen to their fears and concerns. So thinking ahead of time for what questions you think your kids are going to ask you is a really good idea. Um, I know that our second child asks a lot of questions right now, and we can kind of think a little bit ahead of what she's going to be asking And that would help us to then think about how deep we want to go into the topic. So as Jake was just saying, that it's always good to get ahead of it and to share with your kids what's going on. Obviously, the amount that you share is going to change depending on the child and the age and maturity. And that's, again, um, that's our next point, actually. But as you think about these questions, just be ready for what you want to cover. How deep do you want to go? What can your kids handle? How much is the situation affecting them right now? And then after you are done answering their questions, be ready to check in on them just to see how they're feeling with the topic of war, especially that can feel very scary. Kids can wonder if they're safe right now, if their friends are safe, what's going to happen. And it's just really vital to your relationship with your children, but also like your children's emotional and mental state, how they're doing. Are they feeling fearful right now? Are they experiencing anxiety? And to just be aware of what's going on and to be ready to pray with them and talk through all of those feelings that they are experiencing. And number three is be age appropriate with the conversation. Or better yet, be child appropriate with the conversation. My six-year-old might not be able to handle as much as your six-year-old can. Or like Bethany just said, our, our second, Barn Hadley, she has such a sensitive heart that we we can't tell her all the or as much nitty-gritty stuff as we could Emmett. She is just so empathetic and feels things very deeply that we've learned to just be careful with what um, movies even and shows she watches compared to Emmett right now. And so that's why having these conversations is just going to vary a lot from child to child. Right. You're going to have to take in maturity level. You know, where do you live? You might be in Europe right now and this might be affecting you, you know, 
really close to home, you know? And is it affecting your family? You know, Bethany said earlier, the kids can feel like they're not safe. So is this conflict affecting you directly, indirectly? How can you best explain it to your child? And that kind of brings us into the next section. Like you, you need to simplify the topic for very young kids. Um, you know, you can say Putin is a bully and being mean to Ukraine. And then obviously for older kids, you're going to be talking about what is actually happening and Putin being the president. And you can get into the history there of what is actually happening between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. And it's really important for conversations like this to set aside a time to have the conversation with your kids. We sat down after dinner and we went through it with them and talked to them about it. We also talked about it in a car ride the other day, but you want to set aside a time when they are engaged and have the time to ask the questions and kind of process everything. You don't want it to just be an offhanded conversation. The next point is when appropriate to utilize maps, pictures of people, and appropriate video footage. And the reason being, you might be thinking, well, that's very obvious, but I think for children it is important because it shows them that this is real and not a story. Um, Kids are read storybooks all the time, and it's just very important to differentiate between what is fact and what is fiction. And when we show them maps and say, okay, like, here's where we live. This is what our kids absolutely love. Where are we on this map? And we show them we're here in Pittsburgh and all the way across the ocean, depending on which way you go, the Atlantic or the Pacific, we end up over here in Ukraine. And Ukraine is right next to Russia. And showing the size difference too. They were amazed with the size difference and just the, um, how big Russia was compared to Ukraine. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it can be a really great history lesson, a great cultural lesson, uh, just to show pictures of the people over there and landmarks and things like that. And then any type of video footage we have access to a lot. Um, I think a lot of video footage right now is probably scary for very young children. And again, this would just go to our last point of being what is appropriate for a child? What do they actually need to have in their mind? As parents, we are responsible for how much goes into our children's hearts and minds. And as we talked about earlier, sometimes kids are going to be hearing conversations and they might see news footage while you're at the store or a restaurant or something. But it doesn't mean that you as the parent aren't still in charge of what is being allowed into their mind. And so we need to be careful about that. Is a certain video image going to keep replaying over and over in their mind? And so as parents, we need to find what that balance is between protecting their innocence while also teaching them what is happening in the world. Be mindful of that. Pray for wisdom for what is Appropriate for your children. And just remember that you can always tell them more later if you're not sure right away how much to tell them. Start with a little bit. That's okay. And then as the time and the days progress, 
and you feel more confident to share more or you think, you know what, that seems to have answered their questions and they seem okay right now. We're going to take we're going to take a pause on this at the moment and we're just going to keep praying together as a family and I don't need to keep sharing all of this intense and heavy information with them. All right, moving on to number 5. We can go to the best book for wisdom and examples and that's the Bible. So, we highly recommend talking about wars and hard times that are in the Bible and you can correlate them to what's going on. And once again, we said earlier this is stuff that you can use for multiple occasions not just what's going on with Ukraine right now. So, you can go through different battles. You've got the Battle of Jericho and Gideon. Gideon, you've got Samson fighting the Philistines, you've got David versus Goliath, you've got a lot of battles and you can show what's a good battle, what's a good just fight, and you can show what's wrong and you can point out the differences. Well, I think why this is so important is because we teach our kids not to fight, right? Exactly. So you don't want your children to be fighting and you can point out like, you know, it's not nice to fight and if you keep doing this, look what happens when you're an adult. It can get much bigger. It can become a war instead of just fighting with your sister. We had this conversation with our kids kids tonight. I had to make sure that I told them that, okay, just because you're fighting now doesn't mean you're going to be killing each other one day. But when adults are fighting, it can become very, very serious. Look, look at what's happening right now. Right. But it's okay because Emmett informed us that when he's 35, he's going to become the president of Russia and stop all the fighting. So, yeah. So don't worry, guys. In 30 years, we got (laughs) you. We had to inform him that he needed to be born in Russia. And he was like, what does that mean? (laughs) So. So we also can bring up through the Bible prayer. There's prayer during battle. There is prayer and communication with God constantly. And we need to let them know that we can be praying for these people and we should be praying for the people of both Russia and Ukraine. And we'll be covering that more in its own point later. But Romans 8, 38 and 39 say, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that verse. It is so powerful, so encouraging. It's so full of hope. All the things in that verse right there. Yeah, what's so encouraging about this, you look at everything, death, rulers, um, powers, heights, depths, None of it compares to the power that God has and the control that God has over everything. Another encouraging point here, this is the sixth one. Things are wrong now, but one day will be restored and right. In Daniel 7, verse 14, it says, And to him, talking about Jesus, was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. 
His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. As Christians, we know the end of the story. And while right now might be scary and might be very difficult to watch, we have this hope that we know that we will spend eternity with Jesus forever. And this is a great opportunity to teach our kids about what it looks like to be an eternity-minded people. We know who holds the future. We know who is sovereign and who is in control. And as we hold on to this hope, we teach our children about hope. It doesn't mean that what is happening right now isn't horrible and it isn't scary, but we learn to have that faith and that trust in God. Absolutely. The next point is number seven, and that is pray. Pray, 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 pray. Pray for the people. Pray for the situation. Pray for God's will to be done. Pray that people will come to God because of this conflict. One thing we highly recommend is having things around your house that will help you remember to pray. Um, you know, a lot of missionaries give out cards so that you put them on the refrigerator. So when you see them, you'll think of them and you'll pray for them. So that is a really good idea. Just a suggestion. I saw one mom, an account on Instagram. She was making a, a flag banner. I think they were hanging it up on their mantle of just the Ukrainian flag as a reminder. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, we should also just be praying for the people, we should pray that they are strong and courageous as they are fighting for their freedom, as they're fighting for their country and their families. We can also pray scripture over them. Psalms 31.2, incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily, be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. And that's really what we want is we want these people to call out to God and put their faith and trust in him even in this very difficult circumstance. And one final point on the topic of prayer here. Prayer is not a last resort. It's not just the only thing that we can do here in another country. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes lives. Prayer is talking with God. The one who has the control and the sovereignty as we just talked about. So do not ever think that that is the only thing you can do. It is the most important thing that anyone can do. Finally, our last point here is, can you get involved? And this is a point that can go on to a lot of different topics and events in our world. And with the topic of Ukraine and Russia right now so new, I don't think that we have a ton of ideas to share on here. There's probably other people who know a lot more than we do, but I have seen people raising money for certain individuals trying to get out of Ukraine. Maybe you can make something to raise awareness um, on social media or for your kids in school. Eventually down the road here, there might be the possibility of getting involved in refugee work. And even if that's not face-to-face -face work, you can, again, be supporting financially or maybe with spe specific donations of items. Well, and you even told me about a family that adopted a daughter from Ukraine 
and are now in the process of getting to more and all of this happened. So there might be a lot of stories out there that, you know, they need financial help or connection somewhere that you might be able to help them out with. Right. You could be supporting people here in the States who are working with people specifically in Ukraine. That's a great, great point there. Um, Maybe it's making cards to send at this point. Of course, we don't really know where where to send. That might be better used in a different situation that is going on. But these are just a couple different ideas that we came up with that you can get involved with your kids and just as a family right now. That finishes up our eight points on how to talk to your children about war. So come find us on Instagram. We're over there at whatever is true co. Jake is at Jake Offscript. I am at Waves and Lilacs. We would love to talk with you. Please leave a rating or a review over on what do we have now? Apple, Spotify, Podcast Addict. Is that the other podcast one? Podcast Addict. Yeah. And hey, if once again, if you guys know more apps that allow comments and reviews, please let us know because we would love to read them. It encourages us. Yeah, you guys are a huge encouragement to us. And that's all we have. So we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.